This podcast is proudly brought to you by Team Guru. Helping leaders grow, teams perform and organisations communicate. Welcome back to the Forza City Podcast, Brisbane City's very own podcast, giving you all the updates and behind-the-scenes news from Corporate Travel Management Stadium. I'm David Frizzell, and as always, I'll be joined by the club's media manager, Simon Smale, and we'll run you through what has been an action-packed week of events down at the club. But Simon, we didn't get together and do our usual podcast last week. Why on earth not? No, we didn't. There was a bit of a gap in the MPL fixtures. And that was not the only reason. Don't be so bashful. Um, no, no, I was down in Port Macquarie um, doing a half Ironman triathlon. Were you? That is very impressive, mate. And no doubt you won? Uh, n- not quite won. I, I, I finished. I'm, I was pretty happy with that. All right, enough about you, mate. This is a football podcast. We'll stop talking about triathlon now. Now, Simon... City faced the slightly unusual situation where we took on the same side in consecutive games in different competitions. Tell us all about that. Yeah, sure can, Dave. Uh, due to the vagaries and unpredictable nature of a Westfield FFA Cup draw, we ended that up... That I believe you had a hand in organising. <laughs> yeah, I did. I ended up picking the balls out at Westfield Garden City. What an honour. Well, it was. It was It was very enjoyable, actually. Um, but, but by pure coincidence, I ended up drawing us to play our PlayStation 4 National Premier League Queensland rivals, Redlands United, at home just four days after we ventured out to the Bayside to take them on in the league. Right, so a good opportunity for both sides to feel each other out before the cup game. Uh, to an extent, yeah. I mean, obviously, both games, very different circumstances. One in the league, one knockout, one, one a knockout cup game. But it was an interesting scenario, that's for sure. So to put some order in what's been a really busy week or so, let's start with Friday night's league action. What can you tell us about that? Well, we ventured out to the Cleveland showgrounds, which haven't been a happy hunting ground for City in the NPL. Two draws and a defeat from the three games so far. Um, There's some great stats in the build-up to this game, if you'll indulge me for a moment. Uh, stats. Simon, who doesn't love stats? Not not quite as much as you, but most people don't mind the odd stats, so I'll, I'll indulge you for a while. Okay, well, I've already mentioned the City are winless at the showgrounds prior to Friday night. But we also have a fairly indifferent record just in playing on a Friday, only winning 33% of our games, which, uh, granted, is after work for most of our players, so maybe that has something to do with it. It was also the third ever game played on Friday the 13th in the NPL. <laughs> was it really? Okay. As I say, most people don't like stats quite as much as you, but that's not traditionally a good date to travel. No, it's not. And both games had actually involved either City or Redlands. City drew one all with the Raw Youth last year on a Friday the 13th. And the year prior to that, Redlands thumped the pride in Ipswich. So travelling wasn't so much of a problem for them. Also, Antonio Murray was sitting on 49 National Premier League Queensland goals for City. A phenomenal record. He was looking to bring up his half-century on Friday. Excellent. How did all that play out? Well, it was a really intense game. Brilliant football from both sides. Uh, Redlands boasted a six-game winning run going into the game, so were in fantastic form, and took the lead through debutant striker Alistair Davies, who'd recently moved over from Brisbane Strikers. Uh, That got Redlands' backs up, and they absolutely pummeled City for the next five minutes. Tim Allen had to pull off a series of fine saves from Graham Fife and Davis again. City really had to weather the storm. 
They did weather the storm and equalise just before half-time. They did. Moto Kikiki scoring his third goal of the season from a corner. Um, slightly unusual for a team as well-organised as Redlands to be picked off from a set-piece. But it was a great header at the near post. And then suddenly City were on top. And really on top. They absolutely dominated that period just before half-time after scoring. And that really typified the frenetic nature of the game. Incredibly end-to-end and hugely entertaining. Evenly poised going into the second half, but did Redlands have the upper hand? Oh, they did create a lot of opportunities, but having said that, Allen was equal to all of them. Davis did beat him once. He saw a 20-yard strike come back off the post. But Allen was absolutely superb in the City goal, and really, he and the defence created a platform for City's winner with the solidity at the back. So City really stole it then? Oh, I mean, you could say that Redlands deserved at least a point, but... In the end, City took the lead and scored the winner from another corner. Created confusion in the box. Matt Biggins heading back across goal for Nathan Bird to fire home for his third goal of the season. After that, Redlands did throw everything they had at City. The kitchen sink, their neighbour's kitchen sink, absolutely everything. It was relentless pressure. But City's defence held firm. Allen pulled off a number of fantastic saves. There was one in particular from Graham Five. He got the ball about 20 yards out curled a shot into the top corner and Allen from nowhere dived to his right, tipped it round for a corner. Absolutely fantastic save. I really recommend you check out the video on Facebook for that. I certainly will. And John Cosmina praised his captain after the game. Let's hear what he had to say. Well, Cosby, that was an excellent win against the informed team for competition. Um, what was your opinion on, on what we saw today? Well, I think we, we, we played ourselves into trouble. We had a lot of good possession in the first half. And their goal came from a mistake. You know, we got back into it and we actually made a couple of good opportunities. We got into good areas, I thought, uh, when we were patient. Uh, but sometimes we're just a little bit um, negative with our decision-making and um, we weren't making enough forward runs. Um, but having said that, second half, they threw everything they could at us and, and we battled and we needed the battle. We got, but we got into the game. We had a, a few good opportunities. Um, and they really put us under pressure and we, we survived. You know, there was a lot of desperation there and sometimes you need that. It wasn't, a, wasn't what I'd call an ugly win, but it, it was a battle that needed to be won and we won it. You were pleased with the resilience that you showed at the end when you were really backs against the wall then? Yeah. No, well, resilience is a good word and you need to be resilient to survive at this level. Um, and that was good. It was, I was happy with that. Tim Allen told me a couple of weeks ago that he was unhappy with his personal performance. Um, he'd have to be happy with his performance tonight, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's been, the keeper's got to win you three games a year and he won us one tonight. So at least three, so now he's got two more. <laughs> um, there are a couple of flashpoints. Um, you cut a quite frustrated figure on the touchline a couple of occasions. Um, was that to do with um, a couple of sloppy pieces of play from your players or some... Oh, look, we, our, some, of our, yeah, some of our decisions were poor. We made, we were sloppy at times. Um, you know, we gave the ball away too easily. Uh, but what I was more angry about was the freedom that um, the referee seemed to give the opposition putting hands on our people. You can't do that. You know, the retaliation on Kingy was, that was a, it was a red card. Yeah. And there is no discussion about it. Absolutely. It was a straight red card. And that's, that's at the end of the argument. Um, and even the, the second one there when they um, grabbed Jason Park around the neck, you can't do that. Mm. And that was a yellow card as well. And as far as I know, I think he was on a yellow before that. Number 10. Right, yeah. uh, so it should have been a, it was a send-off. There's no... You know, if you put your hands on someone in retaliation, it's a card. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So that's why I was up and down a bit. That spice, is that going to carry over onto Tuesday's game? It will. Tuesday will be great. It'll be a bit of niggle Tuesday. <laughs> it should be a really exciting game. Yeah. Do you have a psychological advantage now having won today? No, we're at home. Um, oh, they'll take a lot of confidence from the way they came back into it. Um, so from that aspect, um, you know, it's, look, we just got to be able to, to turn up on Tuesday night and with the confidence that we can get out of surviving a game like that. And I think, as I said, I think it'll do, do us a world of good. Um, but Tuesday's Tuesday. Tonight was an important one for the league. Um, Tuesday's an important one for the Cup. Brilliant. We look uh, forward to Tuesday. Great. <laughs> Cheers, Cosie. Appreciate that. Mm, so a fair bit of niggle in that game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were nine yellow cards. Nine, nine yellow cards? Yeah, yeah, it's quite a lot. I mean, it wasn't a particularly dirty game either. But there were certainly a couple of flashpoints. And as Cosie said there, it really set things up for a return match on Tuesday. And I read in your article during the week that the Redlands technical director really saw that as just being half-time. Moving on to Tuesday, City took on hosting duties in the Westfield FFA Cup. And I know you were excited about watching a really passionate cup tie. Did we get the blood and thunder style game you were hoping for? Um, in a word, no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Look, it was a very different game to Friday night. Um, City had to make one change to their lineup, bringing in Kai Smith, who'd been suspended for the Friday. Um, and Redlands made a couple of enforced changes, notably leaving out Graham Fife for reasons that Matt Chandler will explain in the interview. Uh, and that changed their shape to a 4-4-2, um, which did nullify City's attacking threats, but also the game as a consequence. Look, it wasn't the most enthralling game, if I'm honest. Very few clear-cut chances. Uh, I mean, it all seems appropriate that it was decided by an own goal. Um, (laughs) That's not a great indictment for a game. No, no, it's not. I mean, both sides had chances, but um, yeah, Greg King was the unfortunate player. I'm deflecting across from... Yeah, Greg King um, deflecting home across from Stephen Green um, into his own net past Allen. And that was unfortunate. Um, But look, City were the better side in the game. They did make more chances... Beshaw was strong for the visitors, as he always is. Um, but City did create a lot of chances. Scott Coulson had a delightful chip that was just tipped over the crossbar. Um, Jason Park, Antonio Murray and Kai Smith all had good headers in that second half that just didn't quite hit the target. But look, it, it really didn't live up to expectations. And a, a bit of a shame for what was a decent-sized crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, it was a tough one. and The players were bitterly disappointed afterwards. Um, they were looking forward to a good cup run, but um, that's why the cookie crumbles sometimes. Um, just before we do hear from technical director Matt Chandler, I will mention that the game was marred by a nasty-looking injury to Stephen Green in the dying moments. He um, visibly dislocated his ankle, challenging for the ball. Now, it was nobody's fault, but I did ask Matt Chandler how he was after the game. OK, Matt, um, thanks for joining me. That was a very different game to Friday nights, I think it's safe to say. Um, first of all, though, how's um, Stephen Green? Oh, we think he's dislocated his ankle, but uh, our physio, is uh, uh, we think... She's dealt with that, and uh, he's going to be okay. Uh, that's... Did look a little bit dangerous. One of those ones where you don't want to see on a football field. Uh, and Stephen's a great kid, and he's had his fair share of injuries as well. But uh, I believe our physio's dealt with it, and at the moment it seems to be a dislocated ankle that has been able to be realigned, whatever they do. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> off to hospital now, just yes, to check? Excellent, okay. Um, it was he that um, broke down the left to put the cross in that eventually led to the goal, and that was kind of all we had really in a game of pretty few chances yeah, there wasn't a lot of I think in the first half we had a two or three chances again it, it seemed to be a similar vein of uh, to last Friday um, 
But these sorts of games, you come away in the cup, you, you've got to have a strategy, which we did. We, we played slightly differently, as you're aware, to Friday. Uh, we played more of a 4-4-2. And, uh, no, I thought we nullified them quite well, but it did nullify the game slightly, I agree. Uh, we want to play entertaining football as well, but we want to try and win games. And this is one we had to try and win after. We played some very entertaining football Friday, but lost. Um, were there nerves as well? Like, was, Did that play a part? Um, no, I don't think so. There was anticipation. Uh, we knew it was quite a big game for, for both clubs. But, um, no, I don't think we were nervous. I mean, the biggest thing for us is when we looked at whom we didn't have playing. Obviously, Graham Fife, Michael Lee, uh, Igor, the captain. You know, We had a few injuries. Uh, and so the, the depth of the group of the squad probably shone through today. You know, the back four were excellent again. And uh, the screens in front of them did everything. Um, Fifey's got um, osteopubis, I think. Um, he's going to be probably off and on for the next couple of weeks. Is that going to be a problem for you? I mean, you managed to deal with his absence well today. Um, look, Graham's a special player. Uh, probably one of the best sort of semi-professionals I've ever worked with. Um, with Michael Lee coming back real soon and Igor, they're probably two weeks away. Look, Graham is going to be in and out of probably the rest of the season, if I'm honest. But with Michael and Igor returning, that obviously helps us. You know, we didn't have a playmaking midfielder today, so we had to deal with that and play a different way, which is the outcome you saw. Absolutely, you did that. You move on to play, I think, Morton Bay or um, Rochdale. So um, in the next round, congratulations. Um, Thank you. See you later in the season. Cheers. Nasty injury. I'm glad to hear he's, he's okay. And sounds like Redlands have a few injury concerns. Yeah, look, and that's going to be a challenge for them going forward. Uh, Redlands retained second spot on the ladder after City's league win on Friday, City moving up to fourth. It's all getting a little bit tight at the top of the table. City are just one point behind the perennial rivals and their opponents on Saturday, the Brisbane Strikers, which sets up Saturday's match very nicely. Ah, and the old boys game, always a huge occasion. This year should be a cracker, with both teams going well in the league. Yeah, for sure. I get down to Corporate Travel Management Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, kickoff in the MPL game is at 6.30, but make sure you get down early to see the old boys game. Former players of both clubs kicking off at 5.15. Glenn Chapman's going to be providing live commentary. It should be a really great event for both clubs. Excellent, Simon. And just quickly, we have international visitors in the city at the moment and City will get to challenge them next week, I understand. Absolutely. The New Zealand All Whites will be using Corporate Travel Management Stadium for a couple of training sessions over the next week as they prepare for their OFC Nations Cup campaign in Papua New Guinea next month. They'll also be taking on three local MPL sides as warm-up games. Uh, Western Pride are playing on Wednesday night in Ipswich. That's an open game, so if you're out that way, get down to Briggs Road. But then there are two closed games, no spectators or media allowed, unfortunately, against Redlands and Sissy in the next week. Closed games. I, I've got to admit, I, I don't understand that. Give me something to help me understand. Uh, look, I think... Uh... They're going to be trying out different techniques, different different positions, different um, strategies, and perhaps they just don't want any spies in the camp um, checking out. Or they don't want people to see them lose to a club side. Well, there might be that as well, but um, they're on hiding to nothing. I think these are going to be more training games than actually competitive fixtures. And yeah, mate, perhaps it's, it's for the best not to have um, a whole heap of spectators there. <laughs> But, Simon, you might be able to sneak in and give us the lowdown. Uh, yeah, I'll see what I can do. I'll get my disguise out. Excellent, Simon. Thanks for that. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Forza City Podcast. I'm David Frizzell. Get down to the old boys game on Saturday. It is going to be fantastic. But if you can't get there, we'll give you the full rundown next week on the Forza City Podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now.